church family, good morning to you. I'm gonna steal a line from Jeremy and say we're out of time. <laughs> oh, good morning. I'm, I love to hear the happy chatter in the room. And we love all of you at home too. We're starting a new series today, uh, Encounters with Jesus. We're looking in the Gospels, critical people that meet Jesus, and they have what storytelling calls an anagonorosis moment, a turning point, a life-changing moment, and this one's with Jesus. And I've had my own life-changing moments, many of them, we all do. I had one here at Lake Avenue Church before I was ever on staff, ever became a member. I went to Global Leadership Summit. <laughs> and while I was there, one of the speakers said, evaluations that supervisors do for employees say much more about the supervisor than the employee. And now I know that to be true because when I was there, I had graduate assistants underneath me. I had brought them there. And I'm, I'm a soft evaluator. I like to have people leave feeling encouraged with one or two things that they can work on. That's just how I do it. Uh, and so it really, when I, you get an evaluation for me, it's really more my style than it says about you. I, that wasn't a game changer for me. But when I got in the car and I drove home along the 210, God met me. And God said, Janine, you have people that don't enjoy your presence that don't want your perspective. You can call them as Taylor Swift does, the haters. And, and Jesus said, it doesn't matter what they think. What they think about you says very little about you and a lot more about them and their values. But then God also whispered, Janine, you have people that love it when you're there. They're glad you're in the room but they're fans. And it says very little about them, about you, and a lot about them and their values and what they wanna see. And so Janine, you just need to focus on me. So that was that moment. Me and maybe a few friends that share my values. And so that's where we are with Jesus in the scripture. He's got haters and he's got fans and he's got just a few friends. Now, the haters are the people that are the religious leaders in the scripture, and they don't like Jesus because he's threatening their power and messing with their traditions and their expectations. And the fans like him because he's doing miracles and changing their lives. But again, it's about them and not about him. But Jesus has a few friends, people the scripture uniquely says he loves, Mary of Bethany, Martha, her sister, and Lazarus, their brother. Now, when I, we're going to talk about Mary of Bethany. When I say Mary, if you're new to the scripture, I want you to know there's a bunch of Marys in the gospel, and which one are we talking about here? This is not Jesus' mother, who was incredibly faithful. And this is not Mary Magdalene, who was healed by Jesus and who was then the first one to encounter the resurrected Lord. And she was the first one that got to go and be a good news spreader. Neither one of those. This is Mary of Bethany. 
And before we get to this passage of scripture in Luke 10 on Mary of Bethany, there's actually this little drumbeat underneath, a current where the scripture is talking about service, 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 very subtly in each of these passages. And I don't want you to miss it because there's a whole bunch of service swirling around Mary. So in Luke 10, in verse two, it says, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few, so complain. No, you know, it doesn't say so complain, but we do, don't we? We kind of sometimes interact with church a little bit, like we're at an NFL game, and there's 22 people that do all the work, and the rest of us stand back in the stands and cheer. No, we're not supposed to complain. We're also not supposed to be demanding or pushy and tell other people what their service is supposed to be. Nor are we supposed to exhaust ourselves. None of that is what it says. It says the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few, so ask the Lord of the harvest. So pray. So there's this link. Prayer initiates service. Prayer leads to service. That's our first point on serving. That's the first story. And then the next story is a a religious leader comes to Jesus and says, what do I do to inherit eternal life? And Pastor Jeff is gonna teach us about this in November, that we love God and we love others. But then Jesus tells a story of what it means to love others, and it's all kinds of practical, tangible, boots on the ground service. So we learn that love equals service, and service equals love. That's another point. I don't know if, it, if they're, there they are. These are some of our prayer, uh, our things we're learning about service in the scripture. They'll come back up again. We come to Luke chapter 10, verse 38, and we're gonna hear about service again. Now, if you're, just like I said, if you're new to the scripture, you might not be sure which Mary we're talking about. If you're very familiar with the scripture, you might be going, I know this one. I know the points. Prayer is better than service. Service is still needed. Pray before you serve. Those are the points. And I'm not gonna, those are true. Those are good points. That's also super simplistic understanding of Mary of Bethany and her sister Martha. And I want you to go along with the ride with me. I want you to know the God they love and the God that loves you. So if you're able, please stand for the reading of God's word in Luke 10, verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, 
and it will not be taken from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So what we see here, in addition to looking at back at the big drumbeat of service that's going on in the scripture, we look at teeny tiny details. And sometimes it's hard to notice these teeny tiny details as 21st century believers. It would be, many of you know Sarah Beckin, she's in family ministry, she's marrying Tyler Doan next weekend. It would be like me going and saying, hey guys, I went shopping with some of her friends and we picked out dresses for them to wear. They're all gonna wear different white dresses. You all would instantly go, they're wearing white to a wedding? No way, don't do that. These little details, 21st century people skim right over, but first century people, they knew. What are you saying? That is brand new information. And so the first detail we find is that it's her home. The fact that it's Martha's home is really significant. Women don't have homes. Their husbands have homes. Their fathers have homes. Their brothers have homes. If they're older, their sons have homes. Women live in other people's homes. So the fact that it said it's her home is really significant, but I think even more that she's hosting a dinner. You guys, a dinner party is expensive. I feel that. I like to invite my people over for dessert. <laughs> so it just costs a lot of money to have a dinner party. And here she is able to not only feed her family, but others. What that tells me is that Martha is resourceful and respectable in her community, and she has risen above some difficult circumstances. So, and then the other little detail that I want you to know is just like it's her home, it's his feet. Jesus' feet is the spot where Mary is. Now, you might not think that's that big of a deal, but that's a game changer. To sit at someone's feet in the first century, to sit at a rabbi's feet is to say, I'm a disciple. First off, you don't choose who you're going to be a disciple of. The the rabbi chooses, the rabbi asks, and it's a carefully collated process where young men, well, really boys, grow and learn, and it gets, the pool gets smaller and smaller as they get better, as they show whether they have capacity to learn, and then the rabbi chooses and invites, come, just like Jesus did to his 12 disciples, Come, you can be my disciple. So the fact that Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet either means he invited her or she is super bold and gutsy to be sitting there. Women don't sit at the feet of rabbis in the first century ever. That just doesn't happen. So much so that rabbis taught that to teach the word of God to a woman You might as well burn it. It would be better, is what it says, to burn this. Can you imagine burning the scripture? And they're saying it's better to burn the scripture than to teach it to a woman. That's how significant it is that she's sitting. So this isn't really a passage about prayer. This is a passage about listening and learning to Jesus. And so we see that we've got listening and learning. We've got distracted Martha. I want you to know this is me at home. I've been watching a lot of TV in the pandemic with my children. 
And I watch because they're teenagers now and they, they want to watch more grown-up stuff. And I'm taking a playbook out of my friends and watching with them so we can have great conversations. We have had incredible conversations. So parents, I recommend watching TV with your kids. But this is what I really do. Oh, wait, I got to go do the laundry. Nope. And then I sit down. Oh, let me just go turn on the oven for you guys. Then we'll have dinner. Nope. <laughs> Sit back down. Oh, oh, let me read this email from your school. Hold on. My family has pretty much banned me. It's like I've got a seatbelt at the couch and I'm not allowed to have my phone because I'm super distracted, repeatedly distracted over and over again. And yet I know what a good space that is to have meaningful conversation with my kids about what's going on in our world. I need to focus. And so the word distracted, it means to draw a circle around in the original language. And that's what happens. Instead of focusing on one thing, we're hitting all these other things. Instead of seeking the Lord, we're scrolling around, okay? So we've got these two women. One's distracted. Where's the other one? She's on her knees. And what Jesus does in that moment to Martha who's very distracted. Jesus is so kind to her, you guys. Whenever the scripture says the person's name twice, that's an intimacy moment. That's a kindness moment. Jesus is kind to Martha, but he corrects her. And then with Mary, this place, this posture at his feet, he defends her. And he says, this is the better choice. You can see the comparison up here in the slide, the difference between Martha and Mary and what's going on in their lives. Jesus says to Mary, good choice. And when you choose to listen and learn at Jesus' feet, good choice. Mary might have felt really uncomfortable right here with everyone gossiping that she didn't belong, but she had an audience of one. And so I want to ask you a question today. What is distracting you from being at Jesus' feet? What is distracting you from being at Jesus' feet? Because I know maybe cultural expectations are different, but there's still a lot of pressure and a lot of things pulling us away from being at Jesus' feet, and we're settling for going back in the kitchen. Now, there's another good story. John 11, Mary, Martha are very worried about their brother who is gravely ill. And in this curious, weird story that you should read later today, Jesus says, let's not go to Lazarus. Now, no, Jesus is a healer. He's done miracles. They're hoping he will come and do a miracle. And he's like, I'm not going to go. And then he waits until Lazarus dies. And then he goes and he goes to the place. And it's like, if you were going to go, because it's really risky to go there because the people there hate him. If you're going to go, you should have gone when you could have raised him. But Jesus knows what he's doing. He's waiting so that he can do a miracle, so we can really see him raise Lazarus from the dead. But in the moment, Mary and Martha are pained. And so they both have the same phrase that they say to the Lord. They say, if you had only been here, 
If you had only been here, Lord, how much do we feel that sometimes when we have our own pain, our own sorrow, where we just simply say, why, God, why? And first it's Martha that comes and says this. Martha goes to the Lord. He's on his way there. She goes out to meet him midway. She says, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. But then she says this great statement. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. So curious and so bold and theologically true. But Martha is really seeking understanding from the Lord. What is going on in this deeply saddening moment in her life? She seeks understanding, and what does Jesus give her? But revelation. To her, he reveals I am the resurrection and the life. And that is gonna make it be a game changer for Lazarus. She doesn't totally understand, but still she replies, you are the Messiah. You are the rescuer. She, she needed understanding and Jesus gave it to her as best he could. And then she goes back to the house where there's a bunch of people trying to console the sisters who have lost their brother. She pulls her sister aside and she says, the teacher is here and he's asking for you. And Mary bolts out the door. Now notice in the story that when Martha goes to meet Jesus, she's pretty much alone. But when Mary bolts out the door to meet Jesus, everybody in the house doesn't know what she's doing, but they follow her. They're curious about what she's doing. And so a whole crowd goes. Now when Mary gets to Jesus, she says the same thing. She says, if you'd only been here. And then she falls at his feet. She's probably on her knees and she's weeping. And Jesus does what she needs which is he weeps with her, weeps with her. No, he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead, and he knows it, but he also knows what she needs is compassion and comfort. Notice the flip-flop between the two stories. In the first story, Mary chooses learning, and Martha needs kindness but correction. In the second story, it's Martha that needs the understanding and Mary that needs the comfort. Our Lord knows what we need, when we need it, and he gives it. That's the God they loved, and that's the God we get to love. But the story goes on. Before I go on, I want to ask you, is Jesus who you go to when you're discouraged and desperate? Is he your first place? Are you on your knees there? This raising of the dead of Lazarus, afterwards, they all huddle and go and, and to the grave, and that's where all these people get to see Lazarus being raised from the dead. But this raising of the dead for, for Lazarus was the beginning of the nail in the coffin for Jesus. The religious leaders after that said, no more, we can't let this guy just do whatever he wants to do. We need to get rid of him. And they begin to plot his death. He's messing with our power. So it's the week before Jesus dies. It's the day before the day that we celebrate is Palm Sunday. It's right before Jesus is going to go into Jerusalem. There's a dinner in his honor. 
And at this dinner in John 12, what we see again is another curious detail. Martha is serving. Now, if you read the same story in Matthew 26, you'll find out it's not Martha's home. So here is Martha serving, using her gifts, but in someone else's home. Martha is serving, okay? And I want to point that out because it's not very often that we find out who the waitress is at, in a story, right? But I think this detail is here for us to see the redemptive arc of Martha, where she served before, but was worried about all the things she had to get done. And honestly, I think she was worried about what her sister was doing and how much that would impact her. She was very distracted. Martha was serving, but distracted later on, she, she just serves. She gets it. And so the third point in serving in all these stories is distracted service is distracting. <laughs> and so we want focused service. But bold, gutsy Mary in this story. What we know is that Jesus has, is with Lazarus and others reclining. So they've already come in. They've already had their hands and feet washed with water and a towel. They've already eaten the meal. That's what that means to be reclining at the table. All those things always happen. And Mary comes in and she kneels down. Again, look, she is always on her knees. She kneels down and she pours a, a year's worth of wages of expensive perfume on Jesus' feet. They're already clean with water, but she goes way and above and extravagant. She's doing a service, she's doing a work, but she's doing it in a way of worship. And I know it must have been hard not to feel the pressure of what other people would think. Why was she doing this? Some even complained that she should have used it for the poor, but we learn through the scripture that those that complain also were a little corrupt with the money. But we didn't know that. If she'd heard someone say, you should have used that for the poor, I, that would have taken me back. Maybe I should have used that for the poor. That would have been a devastating, it would, must have been really hard to stay focused at Jesus' feet and do that for him. But here again, Jesus defends Mary. And he says, no, she's done a beautiful thing. And then a very curious detail do we learn over in Matthew 26. She's, not only is it a beautiful thing, but Jesus links her work to the gospel. It says in 26, 13, truly I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of me. Here he's taken her act of worship and her on his knees and linked it to his death on the cross. Jesus died on the cross and then, was, and then conquered death and was raised not only for himself, but for anyone who would believe that they too may have eternal life. And Jesus linked that with Mary's act of worship. 
Mary's act of worship. So what I want you to know is that her worship is a service. And if you look at Matthew 25, the story right before, you find that service to anybody, Jesus considers as service to him. Service is worship. And those are the drumbeats of service. But notice where Mary is at Jesus's feet. So whether in listening and learning, whether in discouragement or desperation, whether in work or in worship, Mary of Bethany is at Jesus' feet. She does the better thing. She does the beautiful thing. And she becomes the standard. This is the place where we belong, pretty much regardless of what we're doing, at his feet. So church family, I'd like you to pull out the kneelers. If you're able to, I want you to kneel. If you're not able, it is fine, but I want your physical body to have a posture that says, you are my audience of one, Lord, whether that's an open-handed palm, maybe even arms raised up towards the Lord, like you're the child and he's the parent we need. This is the posture. I'm going to ask some prayerful questions. I'm going to do um, a tiny version of the prayer of examine, and I'm going to ask for the video to be released next week if you want to keep trying to do this type of listening prayer so you can learn more about that. But I just want you, the time you need now is less of me speaking and more of listening to our Lord. And then we'll go to worship. God, I just want you to speak to each of us. You, you have been in our lives, in our daily lives. So I ask a couple questions. God, reveal to us. In the last, just, the, just this weekend, Lord, where were you present? Where did you work in our lives? Where did you provide what we needed when we needed it? I'm just gonna be silent. We're listening, Lord. God, whatever you're bringing up, we want to say thank you.
Oh, Lord, show us the other side too. Where did we miss an opportunity to sit at your feet and learn something new? When did we seek comfort from someone or something else when we should have sought it from you? When did we hold back from loving you fearfully, fearful of what others might think? Show us, God, we're listening. God, whatever you're bringing up, we ask that you give us wisdom about this situation. We ask you to give us courage to yield to you in this. And we thank you for your promise of forgiveness. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm asking the musicians to come forward so that we can worship our Lord. Notice that worshiping God is nothing less than focusing on him and not being distracted. Let Mary of Bethany and being on your knees be the standard.
It's no surprise I talked about service a lot. We do need people to come and participate in what God's doing here. There is not a serving Sunday this Sunday. It's next Sunday. By design, I want you to have a week to pray if God is calling you to serve here. Yeah, I know he's calling you to serve. It's just a matter of where. But if you're like, yes, I really want to so much, out there in the lobby, Family Ministries is there every Sunday this whole month. Our young people are fragile, in particular in the pandemic. This I know. And they need people that want to listen to them talk about video games and unicorns and Jesus all at the same time. They need you. So if you want to do that out in the lobby, 
Also, if you were listening to our sermon series in July and August about our mission and our vision and our values, and you're like, that's me. I wanna be a part of this church. I want you to partner with us. I want you to take the membership class and think about joining us. We're having it next Saturday morning. And then today after church at one o'clock, our ministry council is gonna be sharing. They've been listening, listening to you, listening to the Lord and deciphering how we worship and serve and have community in this coming era. Come hear what they've heard. As church family, do not settle for water and the towel when the Lord is asking for perfume and your very body. Receive the benediction with a posture of open hands. May we find the posture of being on our knees ever more comfortable, ever more our home base, regardless of circumstance. To Jesus be the glory, now and forever. And I did forget to mention prayer. Prayer is right here. It's also in the room next to us. Go, if you need prayer with someone else, if you want someone, spend extra time with the Lord. Go in peace.